0: Welcome back to Oliver's Insights, part of the Simplifying Investing podcast series. It's great to have you here. A reminder that this podcast is general in nature and hasn't taken your circumstances into account. It's important you consider your personal circumstances and speak to a financial advisor before deciding what's right for you. Any general tax information provided is provided as a guide only. And with that out of the way, here's Shane. G'day everyone and welcome to the latest issue of the Oliver's Insights podcast series. This will probably be the last podcast in this series for this year and as we do at usually this point in time of the year, we're going to have a look at the outlook for the year ahead and also review the year past. So if we start with the year past, 2023, despite lots of angst, At the start of the year, 2023 actually turned out far better than feared. Key big picture themes of relevance for investors were stronger than feared economic growth. Growth has certainly weakened quite a lot at the end of the year. In fact, it looks like the eurozone might have slipped into a very mild recession. But overall, global growth held up a lot better and conditions generally were better than feared. Global growth looks to have come in around 3%. And in Australia, growth looks to have been around 1.9%, which was helped by population surge on the back of very high immigration levels, offsetting severe mortgage pain for some. Disinflation was a particularly big theme. At the start of the year, there was lots of concerns that inflation would not come down. It had peaked in 2022 at 8 to 11%, depending on the country. But, of course, it has fallen as we've gone through the last year down to around 25 to 5%. Australia, of course, lagged on the way up and is doing the same on the way down, but it seems to be falling too. Peak interest rates, of course, it's taken a lot longer to get there than might have initially been thought, but we do seem to have got there and many central banks now seem to have reached the peak. This, of course, includes the Fed, which in the last week is sounding increasingly dovish and uh, various other central banks i also think the reserve bank has probably peaked although there is still that risk of another one in february Um, but my base case view is they probably peaked geopolitical threats lots of them through the course of the year ongoing war in ukraine conflict in israel uh, with hamas um, tensions with china but some of those threats seems to have not Turned out to be as bad as fear that conflict with China or the Cold War with China, if you want to call it that, um, has thawed a little bit. There's been a lack of major elections along the way, which helped through 2023. And of course, uh, the war with Israel has not flared to the extent that it's involved major oil producers. In fact, oil producers have fallen a little bit through the course of 2023. And finally, the final big theme I think was that artificial intelligence hit the big time. We had the launch of ChatGPT at the end of 2022. As we went through 2023, that created a lot of enthusiasm that uh, it would boost productivity, which of course helped US tech stocks. In sum, you might describe the year 2023 as characterized by the return of goldilocks economic growth slowed so it became not too hot um, but we also saw inflation come down um, so that ideal combination of reasonable growth and falling inflation not too hot but not too cold Yes, there was lots of bumps along the way, and of course, we saw that sticky inflation high for longer rate scare in August-October period, but ultimately, things seem to have turned out okay for investors. In fact, global shares were star performers, with returns around 20%. Australian shares were a bit of a laggard, perhaps because they outperformed in 2022, but also because of worries about the Chinese economy and the impact of interest rate hikes on heavily indebted Australian consumers. Government bonds, thankfully, had positive returns, a bit of losses going into October, but uh, they seem to have rallied since as yields have come back down. Unlisted assets uh, such as um, commercial property were a bit of an underperformer. In fact, commercial property has gone backwards in returns as a result of the flow-through of high bond yields to valuations and reduced space demand impact, particularly for office property. Australian home prices perhaps were the big surprise through the course of the last year, rebounding after that slump in 2022 as interest rate effects remained a drag, but that was offset by concerns about a shortage of supply in the face of a rebound, massive rebound, in fact, in immigration levels. In fact, we saw the strongest immigration levels in the year 22-23 ever on record and population growth as a percentage was its fastest pace since 1956. Cash and bank term deposit rates improved dramatically from what they had been after many, many years of near zero returns. Still modest returns though, but... uh, Yeah, not doing too bad aussie dollar had a rough ride coming down as the fed was more aggressive in raising interest rates Uh, and we had that growth scare going into or that those those worries going into october but since then the aussie dollars bounced back quite nicely now reflecting all of this uh balance funds have actually had solid returns through 2023 my rough estimate is for the period up to november they returned around 7.2 percent that's after tax and fees don't forget and uh that's not too bad given that they had a loss of five percent year before unfortunately it is continuing we have a bit of a zigzag pattern we saw strong returns in 2017 then weak returns then up again in 2019 down in 2020 good in 2021 not so good in 2022 and looking good again for 2023. So a bit of a zigzag there, but the trend has been okay. So how do we see the year ahead? I reckon there's four big worries for 2024. Inflation is still too high, so that could rear its head again, causing problems for central banks. I think that risk is actually receding though. The other risk, of course, is recession. That's probably the big one, the big one to keep an eye on, particularly given the surge in interest rates that we've seen, which has been the fastest and biggest surge since the 1980s. Hard to see that not having an impact. There's obviously ongoing risks around China and lots of issues with geopolitics. Half the population faces elections in the year ahead, including in the US, Europe, India, Russia, and South Africa. Um, Obviously, lots of political issues in the US, starting with a shutdown risk in January, and of course, the presidential election later in the year. There's Taiwanese elections in mid-January, which could see an easing or an escalation of tensions with China depending on who wins. Of course, there's the ongoing war in Ukraine and there's always that high risk that the war between Israel and Hamas could escalate to involve oil producing countries like Iran. I reckon recession though is the big one to keep an eye on. But I reckon there's three or four reasons for optimism. The first one is that inflation is easing. That uh, I think is very, very good news Uh, and some might say, well, it's still 5% in Australia but don't forget we lagged on the way up. We uh, we peaked at 8% in December of 2020. Whereas in the US, they peaked at 9% in June of 2022. So we're about six months behind the US. So we are following them down just as we followed them up. So I wouldn't be too concerned about Australia. Secondly, and I think. That's an outworking of the first. Cause for optimism is that lower inflation will clear the way for lower interest rates, probably starting in or around March or the June quarter. In Europe, probably first, the ECB, followed by the US and Canada, and then uh, proceeding to Australia, where I think rates will start to come down from around the September quarter, ultimately taking the cash rate in Australia down to 3.6%. As I alluded to earlier, there is a risk of another rate hike in Australia in February, but I think falling inflation should head that off. In fact, when the monthly numbers come out for December, not talking about the December quarter, but the December monthly inflation numbers, they'll probably have a three in front of them. Thirdly, recession is a high risk, but, and markets are no longer priced for it, which is a bit of a negative, unlike at the start of 2023. But if it does occur, it should be mild. We don't have the sort of imbalances in terms of spending booms that often precede major recessions and have to be unwound. Similar story in Australia. Um, So our feeling is that, yes, if you do get a recession, it will be a relatively mild one, but that risk of recession is quite high. And China was well and truly lost its luster there's no doubt about that in terms of its growth um, and those property risks are high there but again it's likely to target roughly five percent growth in the year ahead and again back this up with more fiscal stimulus if needed finally yes there are a lot of geopolitical risks but maybe they won't turn out so badly who knows lots of grounds for speculation on that one but uh, it is worth noting the u.s has a strong incentive to avoid an escalation in the israel hamas war uh, the stalemate in ukraine could turn into a frozen conflict not good for ukraine in fact horrible for Ukraine, but no problem for investment markets, and elections won't necessarily go in an adverse direction for markets. And it's worth noting in relation to the US that the presidential election year normally sees average share returns. It's normally the next following two years that are subpar. Overall, global growth in '24 is likely to be around 2.5%, down from 3%. Not so good, but not disastrous. With weakness in the first half and stronger conditions in the second half, similar story in Australia, growth slowing to 1.5% in the year ahead with very weak conditions in the first half, particularly very weak consumer spending, possibly a mild recession in there, but I think stronger conditions in the second half and ultimately inflation slowing down to around 3% by the end of the year. So what does all this mean for investors? I think the combination of easing inflation pressures, central banks moving to cut rates and prospects for stronger growth in 2025 should make for okay returns as a whole through 2024. However, with growth still slowing, the risk of recession, shares historically tending to fall during the initial phase of rate cuts and share market valuations no longer positioned for recession, that could all mean it's likely to be a rougher and more constrained ride than we saw in 2023, which don't forget surprised on the upside. Hard to see global shares returning 20% again in the year ahead, but we do think they'll probably have okay returns of around 7%. Uh, If you look at Australian shares, I think they'll probably outperform a little bit after underperforming in 2023 and they do have somewhat more attractive valuations but obviously if we go into recession that could uh, challenge that but overall we do see the ASX 200 returning and I'm allowing for dividends and franking credits here around 9% in 2024. Bonds should provide returns around running yield or a little bit more. Unlisted commercial property probably going to remain under some pressure given the lagged impact of high bond yields and the working from home which obviously has a negative impact on office space demand. Home prices I think we'll have a tougher year yes we're still going to see high immigration levels and supply shortfall will remain but those immigration levels will start to slow and I think the impact of high interest rates will start to impact yet again Uh, and so on average we see home prices falling around five percent in the year ahead going to be a lot of dispersion around that though Adelaide Brisbane and Perth probably doing better and Sydney and Melbourne particularly weaker on the downside rate cuts may start to help later in the year though cash and bank deposit returns sort of okay Um, But not... The most spectacular and a rising trend in the Aussie dollar is expected through the course of the year as the overvalued US dollar comes down and the Fed moves to cut rates before the RBA. All up we're looking for balanced growth returns. This again is after fees and taxes of just over 5% maybe around 5.25%. So what to watch? What are the main things to keep an eye on for 2024? There's several of them. Sticky inflation, central banks. As I mentioned I think that one is going to be a fading risk. The risk of recession is probably a bigger one to keep an eye on particularly whether it's mild or deep the Chinese economy and its property sector is worth watching as are political risks in the US and in Australia the key focus I think will be on how the consumer and home prices respond to the lagged impact of high interest rates. So that's it from me I hope you've had a positive year in 2023 and all the best for 2024 and the holiday season ahead until we meet again adios. To keep up to date with Dr Oliver in the Simplifying Investing podcast series be sure to subscribe to your favorite streaming platform.